Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 52 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. The Old Gold Comedy Theater ran on NBC Radio for a single season, from October of 44 to June of 45, sponsored by Old Gold Cigarettes. It was meant to be in a similar format as the popular Lux Radio Theater of the time, but in a comedy format. Hosted by Harold Lloyd, a former silent film star, the show had top-notch actors and scripts each week, but unfortunately it was handicapped by its 30-minute time limit, as adapting movies to a 30-minute format resulted in large cuts which many critics and listeners felt hurt the stories. Of the 32 episodes that were aired, 30 still survive to this day. Duffy's Tavern was an extremely popular radio sitcom slash variety show that ran from 1941 to 1951 and aired over 400 episodes. Ed Gardner played Archie, the manager of the tavern, and each show featured well-known guest stars that joined in the stories each week. Some of the guests included Fred Allen, Peter Lorre, Vincent Price, Bing Crosby, Bob Hope, and many, many others. Ironically, the owner, Duffy, never appeared in the show and was never heard. He was only mentioned in the intro to each show when Archie answers the phone to say, Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat. Archie the manager speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Only 120 episodes are known to have survived for us old-time radio fans to enjoy. Now sit back and enjoy the December 3rd, 1944 broadcast of the Old Gold Comedy Theater and the September 22nd, 1944 broadcast of Duffy's Tavern. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From Hollywood, California, the makers of Old Gold Cigarettes present The Comedy Theater, the only radio program that brings you every week the greatest stars in the greatest comedies. Tonight's play, Take a Letter, Darling, starring John Hodiak and Susan Hayward. And here is the director of the Old Gold Comedy Theater, Mr. Harold Lloyd. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Our play tonight, Take a Letter, Darling, was cast in a very psychic manner. Because when we asked ourselves, now, who would be a perfectly virile young man for our lead? A little voice said... Johnny Hodiak. And when we asked ourselves, now, who would combine charm and humor and rugged individuality, 
A little voice said... Johnny Hodiak. So we listened to that little voice. And it grew into a big, strong voice, which said the very same thing. John Hodiak. Welcome to uh, Comedy Theater, John. Uh, pull up a microphone and make yourself broadcastable. Thank you, Harold. I hope you managed to find a leading lady, John. You'll need one, you know. Yes, I know. And I had an experience similar to yours, Harold, because when I asked myself, who's a beautiful girl with poise and sophistication and charm, a little voice said... Susan Haywood. Well, now, isn't that amazing? Uh, probably both of us are wired for sound. But what did you do? I listened to that voice and it grew stronger, but it always said the same thing. Susan Hayward. Welcome, Susan. Uh, what do you think of our psychic powers? Quite impressive. Do you tell fortunes, too? Indeed, I do. I huddled with my prognosticator this afternoon, and I can safely predict that you and John are going to give as delightful performances tonight as John is giving in Metro Golden Mayor's Marriage is a Private Affair, and yours, Susan, in Paramount's And Now Tomorrow. Thank, Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Now, let me begin this way. Once upon a time, a very shrewd advertising man said, it pays to advertise, and made himself a lot of money. And once upon a time, Tom Verney, a very shrewd young man said, it pays to be in advertising, and made himself a lot of trouble. It all began when Tom carried six feet of muscle, two and a half feet of shoulders, and a letter of introduction into the offices of Atwater and McGregor, advertising specialists. Uh, good morning. Good morning. I uh, have a letter of introduction, A.M. McGregor. Is it about a job? Uh, well, yes. You want to know something? Well, yes. You'll get the job. Well, yes. Yes. The more I look at you, the more I'm sure you'll get the job. Chump. Chump. Third door to the right. Just walk in. Thanks, pal. Don't mention it, chump. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking for McGregor. Well, you found her. Close the door. Come on in and sit down. Well, I am sorry. Dooley didn't tell me McGregor was a lady. Is a lady. You have a letter from him? May I see it? Yes, here. Tom Verney, huh? I might be able to use you. What have you done? Well, nothing much. I had an income and lived as I pleased. Shipped aboard freighters twice, once to the Argentine, once to Portugal. I was bodyguard to a banker, played pro football for a couple of years, but, uh, I mean, none of it was work. Piggy bank empty? That's right. College graduate? Yep. Do you like advertising? Not particularly. Well, that's a fine start. What do you like? Well, I guess I'm childish, but that's my secret. Stand up. Huh, what? How do you look in clothes? Clothes? Yeah, I mean a decent suit of tails. Well, isn't this suit decent? I've worn it for two years, haven't been arrested once. <laughs> Please answer my question and try not to be cute. Pardon me, fire away. Do you dance? Fairly well, no prizes. Are you married? Nope. Any obligations? What kind? Female. Uh, no. Well, you're a little on the gargantua side, but I'll take a chance. You'll start at $50 a week. $50? When you're worth more, you'll be paid more. Well, thanks. But uh, what am I? My private secretary. Yeah, but I don't know anything about shorthand or typing. Oh, we have girls in the outer office for that. Your duties will be more personal. I see. <laughs> Miss McGregor, I came here because I needed money. But if what I'm thinking is right, pardon me while I go out and start digging a nice clean dish. Oh, just a moment, Mr. Verney. Believe me, I won't hurt you. Your three predecessors made the same mistake. It was probably the night work that fooled them. Night work? Mm-hmm. You see, a woman in advertising has an edge and a handicap. She's a woman. That's the edge. But so are the wives of the executives she has to deal with. And that's the handicap. Oh, and they think that you're... I mean, that they... You're learning, Bernie. And that's what we're up against tonight. We're dining with a Mr. and Mrs. French. 
He has a $2 million advertising contract that I could use and a wife that I could choke. Can't say I blame her for being suspicious. You're uh, quite beautiful. You're learning. And that's why I need you. To choke the wife? Oh, no, you won't have to go that far. Just a little extra pressure when you're dancing with her should do the trick. See what I mean? I'm learning. How does the job strike you? Repulsive. $50 a week? Impressive. You'll take it? Positive. Good. <laughs> now dash over to Barton's and get yourself a full-dress suit. Here's the address. I'll pick you up tonight at 7. You'll probably need alterations. Hurry now and ask for Mr. Barton personally. You Mr. Barton? I'm Mr. Barton. Miss McGregor sent me. Oh, Mr. Verney. Miss McGregor phoned about you, so you're the new secretary, eh? Yeah, I'm the new secretary. Let me see some soup and fish. I have to pick one up. Now, 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 now. My men have taken care of everything. What do you mean? Well, tails, top hat, stick, gloves. Meet gentlemen. It's all ready for you. Stick? And I have a little surprise for you, Vernie. You're going to get two business suits also, you lucky dog, you. Don't poke me in the ribs. How do I know this stuff's going to fit? My dear boy, I have been dressing Miss McGregor's secretaries for years. But we'll try this coat on just to make you happier. My, but you do have broad shoulders and large biceps. Wrestle? With you? Well, please, <laughs> certainly not. No, no, indeed. I, I, I was just making chit-chat. Well, this coat's too tight. Maybe and maybe not. Miss McGregor likes a form-fitting coat. I'm wearing it. Miss McGregor is buying it. Oh, I see. Well, what would you do if I held out for a large one? Unfortunately for you, I should be forced to telephone Miss McGregor. Now, wait a minute. Don't bunch your shoulders and don't stretch your arms. You'll rip the coat. Oh, you huge beast. Yes, this is Harold Lloyd to tell you that Tom Burney carried off his first assignment with flying colors. While Mrs. French spread her wings and Tom spread the oil, McGregor spread the contract before Mr. French and got five winks, three hand squeezes, two knee nudges, and one important signature. And McGregor was grateful. She doubled Tom's salary. Yes, McGregor knew a good man when she saw one. Uh, that is, secretarily speaking. And she knew an unhappy man when she saw one, too, because the next day in the office she said... Vernie, you did a fine job on Mrs. French. What did you say to her? I did what you told me, that's all. What's the matter? Nothing. You don't like your work, huh? Well, I don't feel honest. I don't even feel like a man. Do you want to quit? No. Why not? I need the money. Oh. Vernie. Right. What do you think of me? How do you mean? Well, personally, what's your opinion? Well, you're a very successful woman. Beautiful and clever, that's all I think. Vernie, do you think you could ever fall in love with me? What? Answer me. Do you think you could ever fall in love with me? No. Well, I'm glad to hear it. You're liable to be the best secretary I've ever had. Now, you just do what I tell you, do it well, and think what you want. Thanks, I always do. Oh, pardon me. I thought you were alone. Come on in, it's all right. This is Atwater, my partner. Vernie, my new secretary I was telling you about. Glad to know you. How do you do? Mm, big fella, isn't he? Smart operator, too. He knocked 20 years off of Mrs. French last night with his strong right arm. <laughs> I used to be good at that sort of thing, and then all at once I, I lost my fire. 
My waistline. And quite a few good contracts. I've got an exercise that's good for the waistline. Well, I don't need it. I've got a partner that's uh, good for the contracts. <laughs> and why should you worry as long as I'm willing to make your living, huh? Oh, no complaint, my dear. I, I came in to tell you that Jonathan Caldwell and his sister Ethel are in town. Oh, the man with four wives and a tobacco fortune. He hasn't any wife now. He hates and despises women. Can't stand the sight of them. After four strikes, he's not only out, well, he threw his bat away. Hmm, been reading up on him? Talked to him last night. You know, the Caldwell Tobacco Company should keep him locked up. Hmm? Their president? He's the president? He's the big wheel, along with his sister. Uh, well, he's in town to change agencies. What? Well, why didn't you say so? Get him on the phone. What are we waiting now, for? Now, now, take it easy. You, you haven't got a chance. He hates women. That's a $10 million account. Who's a woman? You were, last time I looked in your direction. Well, don't be silly. We're wasting time. If he hates women, I'll be something else. Mm, this she does with mirrors. Don't be a sap at water. Look, get me all the newspaper clippings on his past love life. I know a couple of books you'd enjoy more. Vernie, hmm? have the art department get me copies of the Caldwell advertising layouts for the past five years. All right. And then go to the library and get all the books you can on tobacco. Everything about tobacco. Okay. And get going, partner. Get Caldwell on the phone and make an appointment for me next Monday. I'll need the weekend to plan my campaign. Well, you don't need to get so excited about it. It's just another account. Uh, oh, what am I saying? Anything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pack a bag for the weekend. We'll work together. A bag where? At my lodge. Now, we've got a lot of work to do, and we won't be disturbed. Oh, remind me to get a couple of dresses. Very demure and innocent looking. For the lodge? Of course not. For Caldwell. Oh, should I make train reservations? Oh, don't bother. We'll drive. Boy, there's nothing like a fireplace and a good log fire to stretch your feet in front of. I'm just a natural-born foot toaster. All right, all right. Now get busy with your homework. Grab one of those books and learn all about tobacco. Well, can't I have a breathing spell? No. Just look at me going through seven years of Caldwell's life. Seven years and four wives. Miss hmm. Tobaccoland of 1934, an elevator girl, a friend of his first wife, and a nightclub dancer. And I volunteered to get his signature on an advertising contract. You'll get it. Why do you say that? You're class, and you're pretty, too. The minute he finds out you're different, he's hooked. <laughs> Thanks, but it won't be that simple. It'll be a cinch for you. It's women with the hearts that get messed up. A woman without emotion can plan like a general in battle. Oh, I see. Fernie, why do you work at a job you don't like? I need the money. We're a lot alike, you know that? We'll both swallow our pride to get just what we want. You for a hundred and I for a little more. You know, you could be a very successful man, Vernie. Not the way you mean. Why not? I guess I'll have to explain about myself after all. I'm an artist. Trouble is, I paint what I like, and nine times out of ten, that means no money. Are you good? I haven't decided. You see, I took this job to earn enough money for a jalopy and a trailer. Then I'm going to head for Mexico to paint my head off and live by the sun. <laughs> I've dreamt those dreams. They never come true. They will for me. Anyway, now you know why I dance around with your fat, jealous wives. Now I'll tell you something, silly. I write. Write what? Poetry. Oh? Well, go ahead and laugh. Why? All of us are poets. Only some can put it in words and some just get a feeling. I like you, Vernie. Never fall in love with me, will you? Don't worry. Well, what do you say it like that? Look, you're just a beautiful brain and beautiful clothes. No temperature, no pulse, that's all. Where did you learn about women, Vernie? It isn't a matter of learning, just instinct. So? So I'm a brain with no pulse, huh? Look, I'm a woman, Vernie. More woman than you've ever known. When I fall in love, it's going to be like the sea crashing against the rocks and lightning flashing across the sky and thunder rolling through the mountains. I mustn't make a mistake. It can happen only once. Understand? Come here, I'm going to kiss you. 
Get your things packed. We're going back to town. Tonight? As soon as you're ready. Why? As long as you're working for me, you'll do as you're told. Start packing. I'll meet you outside in the car. Okay, you're the boss. May I ask a question? Certainly. Am I fired? No. Well, you've proven very capable. If you continue to do your work well, there's, there's no reason why you shouldn't remain on salary. I'm talking about my kissing you. Oh, that's forgotten. It was an incident of no importance. You're running away from it. That makes it important. You see, you've worked hard for independence, and you're afraid you're going to lose it. Well, you are, but I promise you, you won't regret it. May I ask a question? Sure. Have you decided I'm in love with you? Yes. Well, let me assure you, I'm not. And will you keep your place as an employee, or will I have to fire you after all? Sorry, my mistake. I won't get out of line again. If I hurt you, I'm sorry. But I had to set you straight. No harm done. I heal quickly. Shake? Shake. And now we can go after Caldwell. We? I thought he was wifeless at the moment. Oh, he is. But he has a sister. Oh, well, not interested. You will be when I tell you about the bonus. What bonus? Well, if we land the Caldwell account, there's $10,000 in it for you. $10,000? Oh, what does that mean? Well, ain't nobody here but us wolves, boss. Nobody here but us wolves. Well, Tom was right. McGregor got in to see Jonathan Caldwell, and when he discovered she was a woman, he threw her out. But she left behind some advertising samples that caught his eye, and she left behind the memory of beautiful hair and beautiful features and a beautiful figure that must have caught his other eye, because that afternoon, he phoned and told her. I called to find out if you submitted that campaign to my competitors as you threatened to do. Why, no. Not yet. Well, don't. I think it merits further discussion. How are you with women? Women? Yes, my sister has the final say in the advertising. You know, you'll have to convince her. Well, how about dinner with us tonight? Oh, that'll be excellent. Oh, by the way, one of our best men is just back from Washington, Tom Verney. Mind if I bring him along? So you'll need some help with my sister. Not at all, but, well, he has some of the best brains in the advertising business, and we could use his ideas. Well, bring him along. She might fall from it that. <laughs> And did Ethel Caldwell fall for Tom? She fell like a German city for General Patton. Two dances, and she told him how she loved the North. Six dances, and she told him how he'd loved the South. Ten dances, and she told him how much the South loved the North. Twelve dances, and the band went home. So they returned to their table where they found a very amused Jonathan Caldwell and a very irritated McGregor. I do declare, Tom is a divine dancer. You two dance very well together. Like a couple of penguins. Have you made up your mind about the advertising, sis? Well, really, it's, it's so late, and, well, the place is closing. Perhaps tomorrow. Oh, sorry, I, uh, I'm leaving for Carolina. Oh, well, <laughs> do you fly, Tom? Fly. To Carolina with me. We could lounge around for a couple of weeks while uh, you mull over your ideas. Sure move, Ernie, if you can break your chain. What do you say, Tom? You'll be my house guest at Caldwell Acres. After all, we can accomplish just as much there. Maybe even more. You know, I'm sure he'd enjoy that, Miss Caldwell, but he has important conferences in Washington. Don't you, Vernie? No. What? No, 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 President, can wait. I'll be very happy to accept your invitation, Ethel. Well, that's that, and I do mean that. Well, after all, your interest is only in getting our account, Miss McGregor. This looks like the way to do it. Hmm? Oh, yes. Of course, if Mr. Verney feels the president can wait, I'm just a taxpayer. 
I'll have the hotel arranged for another plane ticket. Well, that'll be fine. Shall I call for you at your hotel? Well, do. Then we can have breakfast together. Well, of uh, all Steady. The... Remember that contract. I never Business, saw such you know. a disgusting exhibition of... Ah, now, never cry over spilled hamburger. After all, you brought it along for the wolf. Is your sister a wolf? Mm-hmm. Runs in the family. Didn't you notice how long he is? Yes, and I'd like to tear them off. Just wait till I get him alone. I'll tell him. You deliberately accepted that invitation, knowing I didn't want you to go. I did what you told me to. Don't you like it? You don't need a mink coat. You can say no, can't you? And lose the contract? What do you know about advertising? What are you going to tell her about the campaign when you get down there? I'm not worried. You can send down ideas every now and then, and I'll spring them on her. Oh, as your bright thoughts, of course. Sure, sure. Sure, sure. Fine, fine. I should beat my brains out so that you can convince her that you're an encyclopedia with muscles. Oh, let's not get excited. If I made a mistake, fire me. I can't fire you, and you know it. All right, then I quit. No! Then stop yelling at me! I'll... I'll just say one thing. Never in my whole life have I seen a man make a greater fool of himself over a woman. Check. Prancing around the floor like a great Dane chasing butterflies. Check. You never even asked me for a single dance. Check and double check. So Tom went to Caldwell Acres as Ethel's guest and had a wonderful time while McGregor burned. And uh, back in New York, Jonathan Caldwell burned too. But his temperature was induced by love. So he picked up the phone, dialed a number, and said... I've got surprising news for you. About your sister? No, nothing so trivial. It's about me. I've fallen in love with you. How soon can I see you? Oh, well, well, look, some important business has come up. I'm, I'm leaving for Coldwell Acres this afternoon. Perfect, so am I. I'll have you on my own home grounds. Are you hinting that I have a chance of becoming Mrs. Caldwell the Fifth? Do I have to join a union? Nothing so drastic. But I warn you, I'm going to make you care for me. And I say that knowing that right now, spiritually, you're sitting on Tom Bernie's lap. And he was so right. Because as soon as they arrived at Caldwell Acres and McGregor could get Tom alone, she said, What do you think I'm paying you for? Why didn't you answer my wires? Why, these sample layouts haven't even been opened. No, take it easy, take it easy. I figured out another campaign with Ethel. She didn't like your ideas. Oh, she didn't? No. Our idea is to show the world's most famous painters at work on their masterpieces. And each smoking. Uh, the painters, I mean. Oh, here, here are the, some of the pictures I painted. Hey. Well, say, these aren't bad. Not bad at all. What an idea. And what a campaign. We'll run these all over the country. And wait till you see the copy I'll write for it. Oh, sorry. Ethel's writing the copy. Oh, she is, is she? Well, let me tell you... Look, so I have to change cocktails with Ethel at five. Oh, pardon me for intruding. How am I doing, Ma? Yeah, Tom was doing fine. He was doing just what Jonathan had advised. Look, you can't overdo this jealousy business. Pour it on. Yeah, but isn't there a time when a girl like Mac is liable to get too much and bounce back into some other fella's arms? Not a chance. You can't overdo it. Pour it on. <laughs> And he did. He really poured it so heavily that McGregor finally came to Jonathan and said, Jonathan, a while ago, you asked me to marry you. Does that offer still stand? Why, yes. Good. I accept. And then Jonathan went to Tom and said, Well, old man, I guess you can stop pouring it on now. You mean she's had enough? Yep, she's going to marry me. Marry you? That's right. Well, what are you going to do about it? Just this. Oh,
Celia, this is Harold Lloyd again, and you're all invited to the wedding. Oh, yes, it's scheduled. Tom is back in New York, brooding in his attic studio. Atwater brought him his check for $10,000 because the Caldwell account has been landed. But Tom, he isn't happy. So he sends McGregor a large portrait for a wedding present. And at Caldwell Acres, they are rehearsing the wedding, and two of Jonathan's disapproving aunts have retired to the library to inspect the presents, when suddenly... Oh! What in the world was that? Sounded like Aunt Judy. We'd better go see. So, there you are. Jonathan Caldwell, you're a fool. Aunt Judy. And you, you woman, you're what I knew you were the minute I laid eyes on you. Aunt Minnie. We refuse with all the decency that's in us to be present at this wedding. If your mother were alive. Come, Minnie. We'll never enter this house again. To think we'd ever live to see the day. What are they talking about? You'll find it with the presents. <laughs> Quite a charming portrait of you, Miss McGregor. Of me. Here it is. Well, what's this card? To Mac in Memoriam Tom. Why, why, it's almost nude. What a childish trick. What a relief, I'd say. Relief? To find out you're human. Was Varney foolish enough to think that this shock would be out of the marriage? Well, I don't care what he thinks. What about you? Do you think I posed for this? Oh, Mac, forget the act. I know how these things happen. A couple of advertising executives on their night off. But I tell you, I had nothing to do with this. Do you think I have hips like that? You don't understand. I'm glad you did pose for it. You know, I've been around myself. It's good to know you talk my language. Oh, so I talk your language, do I? You and your four otherwise, why, you big flub. I wouldn't marry you if you were the last pair of pants below the Mason-Dixon line. Now, wait a minute. But don't throw that face! I wasn't going to, but thanks for a wonderful idea. And that should have ended everything. But when a girl's walking along a southern highway, burdened with two suitcases, and a young fellow like Tom Verney comes along in a jalopy with a trailer attached, she can't throw Roxy forever, can she? Sooner or later, she'll just have to get in and hear him say, Sorry, Mac. It's the only way I could bring you to your senses. Where are you going? Mexico, remember? Got a lot of painting to do down there. Uh, where do you want me to drop you off? Oh, anywhere. Sure thing. You can get back to New York in your advertising business. You've got freedom and independence. It's in your blood. You'll never change. Tell me, how are you going to live? Me? Oh, beans and tortillas out in the open. Rough it, that's for me. Vernie. What? How do beans and tortillas out in the open taste? Best food in the world. I... I'd like to try some. You mean you're coming along? Mm-hmm. Just for that? Not just that. I'm going to teach you how to paint. Well, thanks, but I'm pretty good already. You've got one weakness. Like what? Maybe you need a streamlined model. You're not too good on hips. <laughs> This is Harold Lloyd. This is Susan Hayward. This is John Hodiak. Saying goodnight to you for Old Gold. And I hope you'll be with us again next Sunday when the Old Gold Comedy Theater presents Adolf Manju in Louder, Please. See you then.
Make a Letter, Darling was presented by arrangement with Paramount Pictures, producers of Frenchman's Creek. Bob Williams saying goodnight for Old Gold. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Archie the man just speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Uh, tonight, uh, Gene Tanner. Oh, gorgeous. Got a face that could launch a thousand ships, Duffy. Yep, and a pair of legs that'll bring him right back home again. <laughs> Gene Tanner, you seen her in the movies, Duffy. Uh, she's the one your wife once looked like long ago. From far away. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the way your wife is built now, you could make two Gene Tannies out of her and still have enough left over for three soapy tuckers and a Charles Lord. <laughs> huh? Why is she coming down here? Uh, uh, maybe because a certain party here is not uh, repugnant to her. <laughs> you know the old saying, Duffy, uh, the lodestone has always drawn to the maggot. Uh, look, uh, Duffy, the uh, music is just starting. I'll call you back, huh? There's a movie star coming down here tonight, and, uh... What, what, what movie star? As far as I'm concerned, the only movie star, Eddie. The only one that I can truthfully say we was made for each other. Lassie? <laughs> Eddie, you know who I mean. Gene Tierney. Lovely, beauteous, vivacious, cadaverous Gene Tierney. <laughs> ah, she's lovely, Eddie. I can just hear him now. Who? Mr. and Mrs. Lovebug. Mr. Lovebug say, Honey, what are we having for dinner tonight? And Mrs. Lovebug, she say, Archie, 
And he said, what, again? <laughs> well, Mr. Archie, uh, this Gene Turner, the big movie star and society girl. All right, rub it in. I ain't society. And you ain't no movie star. And I ain't handsome. And you ain't got no dough. And I ain't got a lot of clothes. You realize this can go on indefinitely. <laughs> Eddie, you forget that dames like Gene Tenney is fed up with them glamour guys. What they go for is simplicity. You're simple enough. <laughs> so what? So I ain't got no dope, but I'm going to be honest with her. I'll say to her, Gene, here we are. You, a star. I, but a simple, rugged man of the people. I'm poor, yes. But not so poor that I'd be too proud to have you support me. You know what could happen if you said that? What? You could be swung on by a star. <laughs> Eddie, don't argue. My mind is made up. Well, okay. If you'd rather be a mule. Look, Eddie, a little more respect, please. You have to go back to that again? Well, I suppose I can't force you to respect me. Either you do or you don't. What do you mean? Either you do respect me or you don't work here. <laughs> Honest, sometimes oh, I get... Oh, Archie. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Finnegan. Hey, Arch, could you lend me the loan at five dollars? Lend me the loan. What grammar? Finnegan, loan me the lend at five dollars. <laughs> Besides, what do you need five bucks for? Uh, to take out an insurance policy. The agent is here. And Finnegan, he... you taking out insurance? Well, that's the way the agent says. Uh, no man with my intelligence should be without protection. <laughs> yeah, I agree with him. Uh, yeah. uh, what kind of insurance are you taking out? Uh, accident. Accident, huh? Mm, it's a swell policy, Arch. Only five dollars a year. Uh, you can walk in front of a truck without getting hit. An accident policy means if you get in an accident, the company has to pay you. They do? Yeah. The what, suckers? <laughs> hey, Arch, don't, don't tell the agent about it. He might refuse to sell me the policy. Oh, Finnegan, I uh, haven't got much more time. Oh, uh, Mr. Hancock. The, Arch, this is the agent I was telling you about. Archie, meet Sam Hancock. Oh, how do you do? Uh, what uh, company are you with, Mr. Hancock? The Mutual, General Fire and Theft, Liability and Mutual, Fidelity and Mutual, Accident Company, Incorporated. Well, it's a pleasure to know you. It's mutual. <laughs> Thank you. Well, uh, you see, Mr. Finnegan here is a friend of mine. I would like to know a little more about this policy. Well, it's our newest type of accident policy. Complete all-over coverage and sub-coverage. Reimbursement rider, premium waiver, with uh, convertible features. Well, so far it sounds very dapt. Uh, what's that convertible thing? Uh, that's in case you get hit by a car with the top down. <laughs> hmm. I can see you're a man who really understands a lot about insurance. Oh, no more than any other up-to-date intelligent guy. Uh, now, tell me, this policy, uh, is it an endowager policy or, uh, uh, parimutuel? <laughs> In other words, uh, what happens if Finnegan is incapacitated by a fatal accident? Well, <laughs> if the fatality is caused by the insured getting struck by hailstones or meteors while he is walking in an incorporated village or township... 
My company assumes all costs of interment and funeral up to 10% of the cash surrender value of the policy. (laughs) Provided, of course, that the insured can prove that death was unavoidable. (laughs) Well, that seems fair enough. Yes, and another thing. We pay instant. The motto of our company is, when rigor mortis sets in, so do we. <laughs> now, what about the money, Mr. Finnegan? Oh, yeah. How about the five bucks? The five bucks? Well, uh, I, I still, I don't know. I... I have an idea. Until the five dollars is repaid, why doesn't your friend Finnegan make you the beneficiary? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's that, Arch? Well, if I lend you the money and uh, I'm your beneficiary, it means, uh, you know, that if you break a couple of legs or get mangled under a subway train, <laughs> I don't get hurt. Uh, uh, okay, I'll give you the five. Good. Now, Mr. Finnegan, if you'll just step over here, we'll fill out the paper. Okay. Hello, Archie. Hello, What's Mr. What's going on here? Uh, well, Finnegan's taking out insurance. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's just what Papa and my, my Mama was fighting about this morning. It was fighting another fight, huh? Uh-huh. Your old lady swinging that baseball bat again? Oh, no, it wasn't a serious fight. Just their fist. Uh, what was the fight about? Insurance. Mama feels Papa should take out more life insurance. Why? Well, Archie, even though she can't bear to think of it, she knows that Papa isn't getting any younger. And, well, if any if anything happened to Papa, what, she'd be too old to go to work and... What could she do? Oh, Stuffy, nothing's going to happen to your father. Well, Mama's more foresighted than you are. <laughs> she knows the way she's been beating him lately. <laughs> Believe me, the man I marry will carry plenty of insurance. Well, do you think that the guy that marries you would be able to get insurance? <laughs> Why not? Well, do you think he could pass the eye test? <laughs> That could be an insult. If it ain't, I'll apologize. <laughs> well, that's better. <laughs> Touche. So, uh, so uh, leave us not argue. Huh? Anyhow, I'm in too good a mood tonight. You know, uh, Gene Tinney is coming down. Oh, here. running after movie stars again, huh? So what? You're always running after guys. But you're such a snob. You only run after movie stars. At least I'm democratic. I'll run after anybody. <laughs> Look, Miss Duffy, I think who I run after is my own penegative. Daddy Malick and his orchestra play the new dance hit, Dance with a Dolly.
Now, look, uh, did Gene Tunney get here yet? I mean, uh, Gene Tunney. Calm, calm down, Mr. Archer. Calm uh, down. Honest, I'm as nervous, nervous as a newborn bride. <laughs> uh, hey, wait a minute, Eddie. Here she comes now. Look at her, Eddie. Ain't she the most redundant thing you have ever seen? <laughs> well, good evening, Miss Tunney. So this is Duffy's Tavern, huh? Gene, it was Duffy's Tavern. But with you here, it has become the bower of beauty. The temple of punkritude. <laughs> Thank you. Are you Archie? I was Archie. But now I am Romeo. <laughs> Young Lockenbox. <laughs> Casserole. <laughs> So you're Jean Tinney, hmm? Well, I was Jean Tinney. And what are you now? Sick for my stomach. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Bower of beauty, Romeo, Archie. Girl, don't fall for a corny line like that. You know, Miss Tinney, you, you see this little red book here? Yes. See this list of names in it? Yes. Miss Tanny, this is not a milk route. <laughs> However, if you don't like that line, you don't like it. We'll take a breather for a minute and try something else. Uh, by the way, would you care to uh, partake of some refreshment? Okay, I'll take a Coke. A Coke? Oh, I, you know. Eddie! A bottle of our very best champagne from the cellar, that, uh, Pipesick 44. <laughs> Sorry, we're all out of champagne. What? Who drunk it up? I don't know. All I know is the last time I was down in the cellar, I saw three blind mice. <laughs> Eddie, please, leave us desist the wisecracks. Miss Tenney is thirsty. Uh, how about a bottle of that, uh, fine old Napoleon brandy? Napoleon brandy? We got that? That brown bottle on the top shelf. Does that crazy brandy think it's Napoleon again? <laughs> Look, Eddie, please. Archie, never mind. I'll just take a glass of good old-fashioned aqua pura. Aqua pura? Uh, we got any of that left, Eddie? <laughs> yeah, certainly. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm a Oh, thank you. Well, Eddie. Well, what? Miss Tanny ordered aqua pura. You're just going to leave her here with the chaser? <laughs> Miss Archie, aqua pura is water. Oh. Oh, I guess I was thinking of aqua caliente. <laughs> You're getting in the hollow water, but a minute. Hey, Archie. Uh, oh, Miss Duffy, uh, Jean, shake hands with Miss Duffy, the fruit of Duffy's marriage. How do you do? Likewise, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, Miss Tierney, a lot of people have told me that you and I look alike, but now I can see there's a difference. Our hair is different colors. Miss Duffy. Your hair is different colors. <laughs> Hers is natural. Archie, you keep your stupid nose out of this. You... Oh, men. Miss Tanny, wouldn't it be wonderful to do without men forever? Honey, are you nuts? 
We could get along without them. Men is only a habit, just like smoking. Do you smoke? No, I can't get cigarettes either. Hello? Oh, just a minute, uh, Miss Duffy, your girlfriend, Vera Fogarty. Oh. Hello, Vera. Said you know who's here? Jean Tierney. Mm-hmm. Standing right next to me. Huh? Well, pretty attractive, but I've seen B-E-T-T-E-R. <laughs> what? Well, I'll tell you the rest of the date when I see you. Huh? Oh, yeah, I'd like to go to the movies. Say, what's playing at the Bijou? Double indemnity? Oh, I don't feel like two pictures. <laughs> what? Oh, well, okay, dear. I'll be there in a few minutes. Goodbye, dear. Well, Miss Tierney, I, I have to run along now. Have fun, Miss Duffy. Oh, I'm just going out with a girl. Who could have fun going out with a girl? I could. <laughs> Good night, Miss Duffy. Good night. Well, Jean, now that we're alone again, uh, how about you and me taking a stroll in the park, huh? Oh, Archie, don't be ridiculous. Cherie. Why don't you give up this pretense of frigidity? <laughs> hmm? Please. You know that you're in love with me. I certainly am not. A likely story. <laughs> but I think I know what's bothering you. You think that I'm in love with Jean Tierney, the beautiful, wealthy, famous movie star. You're wrong. I'm in love with Jean Tierney, the girl. The beautiful, wealthy, famous girl. Archie, do you ever hear ringing in your ears? Yes, darling, and it's wedding bells. Wedding bells? Can you afford to get married? Why not? How much would it cost? Two bucks for a license, ten bucks for the minister, three bucks for a wedding breakfast. I make that kind of dough in a week. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> what do you say? Shall we take a little stroll in the park? I'll tell you what, Archie. If you want to take me out, I have an idea. Name it, Jean. Just name it. I the potter, you the clay. <laughs> Okay, instead of the park, we'll go to the stork club. The stork club? There are storks in the park, you know. Archie, it's the stork club or nothing. Hmm. Uh, I'll be with you in a minute, Jean.
Lorenz. It's up to you to help me out now. I gotta get the dough to take this teeny dame to the store club or I'm dead. Absolutely dead. You're dead, huh? How much you need? Fifty bucks. How you want it? Uh, what do you mean? Large or small funeral. <laughs> Stop where am I going to get 50 bucks? I got uh, how about trying Miss Duffy? I can't. She went to the movies. She had to see that double indemnity. Hey, I just remembered. I'm Finnegan's beneficiary. So? <laughs> Eddie, did you see uh, double indemnity? No. Very interesting. Uh, all about two people who knock off a guy for his insurance. Uh, funny I should just happen to think of a picture called Double Indemnity, eh? Yeah. Funny I should just happen to think of a book called Finnegan's Wake. <laughs> just a second, Eddie. Are you insinuating that I would homicide Finnegan? I'm just thinking in terms of some little thing, you know, some slight mishap. His arm, maybe, or a small conclusion of the brain. <laughs> Which on Finnegan wouldn't even show. <laughs> and the agent is still here. I could collect the dough right away. To me, it sounds Alcatrazzy. <laughs> Look, don't forget the old pervert, Betty. Fair play near one fair lady. Now, let's see. Uh, what's a good kind of an accident? Uh, I read someplace that 60% of the accidents happen in a bathtub. wonder if I could get Finnegan to take a bath. <laughs> No, there must be an easier way. <laughs> Wait a minute. I got it. Eddie, give me that bung starter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Oh, uh, Finnegan. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, the accident insurance is all fixed up. So is the accident. <laughs> uh, look, Finnegan, would you mind to help me hang that sign over there? Uh, which one? That one, the one that says, Love thy fellow man. Uh... You just hold it up there while I nail it in. Okay. a boy. Now hold your hand still. Uh, and hold your head still now. a boy. Hey, Arch, if you keep hitting me on the head, you're never going to get that sign up. <laughs> Brother, this is going to be a tough nut to crack. Uh, Finnegan, now... Uh, would you mind doing me another favor? Uh, what is it, Art? Uh, I want you to go down to the cellar for me. That's all right. Gee, you're nice today, Art. What do you mean? Uh, usually you ignore me, but today you're so attentive. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Okay, Finnegan, now down in the cellar. Yeah. Uh, here, you go ahead of me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, be careful you don't fall down the steps, Clifton. Uh, don't worry about me! Good heavens. Finnegan has accidentally fell down the stairs. <laughs> Don't kid me. I know what you did. What are you talking? I was just patting me pal on the back. One does not pat one's pal with both hands and a foot. <laughs> uh, hey, Arch, what is it you wanted me to get down here? If you didn't already get it, you might as well come back up. <laughs> Boy, this guy is immortal. Hey, Arch, guess what? I fell down the steps. You did? How horrible. Uh, but how come you can fall down a whole flight of stairs and not get hurt? Clean living, Arch. <laughs> this guy.
guy has thick skulls all over his body. Uh, <clears throat> wait a minute. Europa, I got it. Uh, Finnegan, uh, have you tried the free lunch here lately? Free lunch? Ah, uh, nobody eats your free lunch here. But Finnegan, are you a nobody? That's right. That's right, I'll try it. Oh, this is very tasty, Yard. Yeah, go ahead, keep eating it, Dan. Try that laminated herring. <laughs> oh, boy, you can... Oh. I think we finally got him, Eddie. Oh, uh, oh, Mr. Hancock, Mr. Hancock. Yes? Oh. Uh, uh, Finnegan here, he's been accidentally food poisoned. Fine, George, he does look pale. Well, uh, I'm the beneficiary. I tell you what, I'll settle for 50 bucks. Please. Okay, but uh, first I'll have to make out a report. Now, uh, where did the food come from? Uh, the free lunch. Did the insured eat the free lunch here of his own free will and volition? Yes, sir. Sorry. What's the matter? We do not pay off on attempted suicide. <laughs> Better luck next time. Good night, sir. But wait a minute, Mr. Hancock. Arch, huh? it's getting late. Are we or are we not going to the store? Well, you see, I, uh, I just ran out of a little money. Uh, oh, God. Oh, what a rat I am. Look what I done to Finnegan and for nothing. What's wrong? Jean, I gotta clean me breast out of this. I ain't worthy to kiss the hem of your shoe. You know what I done? In cold blood, I tried to massacre me best friend. I suppose now, you'll never mind. Hmm? Right. I thought so. I should never have done it. Archie, it wasn't what you done. It's on account of what I done three years ago. You too. Hmm? <laughs> what did you do? I got married. Good night, Archie. Oh. Oh, boy. It's lucky I found out in time, in addition to a murderer, I would have been a bigamy. Hey, Archie, you got any more of that free lunch? Finnegan, I thought the free lunch made you sick. No, Archie, I liked it. Well, what was you groaning about? I was groaning about the swell chance I missed. What do you mean? Well, when I fell down them steps, if I would have hurt myself... I'll bet you we could have collected 50 bucks. Whether you late meet Dee, Archie, the manager speaking. Yeah, Duffy, that's right. Next week, uh, Risa Stevens from the opera. Risa. R-I-S-E. Yeah, like the sun, Reese's. Okay. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for